0: Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by Coach Me Plus. Coach Me Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, Coach Me Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is is absolutely fantastic their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic go over to coachmeplus.com check out what they got guys it's uh it's something that i guarantee you won't be disappointed with hello and welcome to the podcast today guys we have a unique conversation with Michigan Tech graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach Jake Jensen. Jake has a very unique and very different path that he's taken to get to work with Matt Tomey up there in the UP. It's really an awesome story and something that we could all learn from. I don't care how long you've been in the field. Uh, It's a really awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Jake, thanks for being with us today, bud.
1: All right, Coach. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. So listen, you've got a really interesting story. Let's start with that, and, and we can go from there.
1: Right on. Yeah, so uh, I think, honestly, the best way to start the story is with the uh, with the seminar, with the Virginia seminar, frankly. Um, the first time, the way I actually heard about the, uh, the seminar with you and um, with the rest of the crew out at Richmond is uh, I started working for Mark McLaughlin in 2012, um, in January, I started volunteering in his, uh, basically it was a shed in a ditch (laughs) right next to the Willamette river in Oregon, um, where he was running performance training center, which, uh, you know, for a lot of guys, that's, we wouldn't have it any other way. Just a small, small gym with barbells and squat racks, uh, nothing fancy. Um, and he was working with several, um, NFL players and, a lot of college or high school kids um at that gym and I volunteered with him for about six months mostly just watching and asking questions um and I learned a ton just in the time I was volunteering for him um at that point he started paying me to work with some of the high school kids so I was still mostly a volunteer <laughs> he was just throwing me a bone um because I made it through that first six months and I think about that time um I could be getting my timeline wrong, but it was somewhere around the time I stopped volunteering and started getting uh, a little more responsibility that Patrick Ward, um, who is currently the, the uh, an employee with the Seahawks, um, got his job at uh, Nike in Beaverton. Um, he'd moved up from Arizona to work there, and he would come around on Saturdays to uh, mostly talk shop. I think he did some work with athletes there, um, coaching and helping. But mostly my, my memory of that time period was learning from Mark, learning from Patrick, and then when they would have their discussions, just mostly being a fly on the wall for them talking about everything under the sun in terms of uh, sports performance and sports technology, um, which was amazing. Like I didn't know it at the time, but that was a pretty unique opportunity oh, yeah. to get to listen to those two guys, talk about training and talk about uh, technology and uh, manual therapy and things like that. Um, About the same time, I got started in powerlifting, um, working for Mark. So he was a powerlifter for a while. I think his squat max was like – I think he told me he hit like 700 at one point.
0: That's Back in the day.
1: So – we wanted video evidence. Me and all the other guys were like, we want some proof of this, but I guess he burned the evidence, so to be determined
0: <laughs> if that actually happened. <laughs> so Well, there aren't many people in the world kind of, that I trust more than Mark. So, I mean it's I know, right? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, I believe him. I yeah, believe him.
0: No doubt, right? Cuz he really
1: he really turned over a new leaf like went completely the opposite direction. Like yeah. when I was working there, he was cycling like he doesn't run but he uh, cycles and he was doing like probably 200 miles a week or something ridiculous like that you know we had some good times yeah mark mark was my first mentor in, uh in strength and conditioning and I honestly like working for that guy was one of the biggest blessings of my, of my career because he gave me the some the kind of perspective that has helped to shape my interpretation of all my other experiences um, Mostly, what he what he gave me was the idea that a lot of the things that you learn are going to be pieces of a bigger whole. So try not to get obsessed with one thing that you learn. Uh, try and expand your mind, um, and that's kind of illustrated by the first book he told me to read was Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers by Sapolsky, um, and that just kind of encompasses his philosophy: is to to focus on the bigger picture and what exactly is happening on a global scale, um, with adaptation. So uh, I, as I was working for Mark, um, I volunteered at Portland state university for the football team there, um, which was a good experience that kind of introduced me to the dynamics of working in a college setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to juxtapose college strength coach with private strength coach. Um, yeah, you know, right. and a lot of people don't get that experience and, that first year and a half of time I spent in strength and conditioning, it was like, I got a taste of all of it. So it was nice. It was really nice. Um, I worked at Portland state for, um, from like January of 2013 until the middle of 2013 before they started spring ball. Um, and my wife and I, so at that point our journey in Portland kind of ended and, uh, I think that summer is when I came to my first conference in Virginia. It was 2013. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's when uh, Victor and Val were here. So yeah, that was the first time he came down.
1: So the I guess the one thing I left out there is that at that point I had Mark had kind of given me some advice, um, and Patrick obviously like seconded this advice. He said that uh, if you're serious about being a strength coach, you need to have some kind of a niche. Like something that you do that kind of separates you from the rest of the, of the competition because it's, as many know, highly competitive. Um, and so I decided to use my the Russian that I had learned as, an, as a Mormon missionary um, in Ukraine to try and like create a niche there for myself. Um, lucky for me, strength and conditioning was invented in Russian um, – in Russia – so Both. I was, yeah, I was lucky that way. Um, I actually reached out to Yosef after reading a couple of his books, um, of, of Anatoly's books. And, uh, I asked him if he needed a translator at that point. I didn't know that Dr. Yes, was like the only guy who does it. Um, but I just shy in the dark, I sent him an email and I was like, Hey, this is who I am. Um, if you need a translator, let me know. I'm happy to help. Um, And that kind of started a chain of events that would be pretty important um, to my career going forward, uh, which we'll get to that point later on. But uh, that initial contact with him led me to going to the conference in Virginia in 2013 to work as kind of to just go and learn mostly, but also to interpret for Anatoly, um, which, as those who know, who went to that conference was just a fucking mess. (laughs) It was a disaster. Now, to his
0: defense, he he tried really hard. Oh, and it's, I know, and it's hard, and it's. Who's gonna tell the, the most successful Olympic coach of all time?
1: No. Nope. Well, and that was <laughs> that was the thing, bro. That was the thing, cause like I didn't never met him in, in person, you know. And I'm thinking this guy is like the best coach and athlete ever. Um, you know, in the history of sports, like nobody has ever swept the Olympics, you know, in two consecutive years, let alone four, you know, in any sport besides this guy. And so I'm not going to go up there and be like, listen, asshole, like you need to speak English or speak Russian. So I'm not, you know. But the, the thing is, is like, it, what's been great though, is as we've worked together, like for how long has it been now? Like three years, we went to San Antonio this year in January I did the same it was like the same thing but no Yosef like so nobody to hold their hands um and the way the reason that it worked so well for us this year is that we learned from the mistakes in Virginia so great going in going into the, <laughs> that conference it wasn't like like that but it was pretty close you know like I'm talking like the night before the conference I'm like hey no English <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, so I came to Virginia in 2013, and I I met Matt Tomey and uh, and Jeff Moyer, and um, got to speak a little bit of Russian with uh, Dr. Solyanov which was great. Um, got to talk with Val Nasedkin as well. Um, Roman Fomin, Dr. Fomin was a was a great contact at that at that conference as well. Um, and really, that that time that uh, weekend in Virginia kind of kicked off my. My career jump started my career in strength and conditioning. So, <clears throat> if I can make a little plug here for the for the seminar, um, you won't find a better place to network. You just won't. Um, period. If you're a young coach listening to this, you have to go. Um, short of taking out like a title loan on your car <laughs> to yeah. go, like you need to go. Um, I've been to NSCA conferences from local, you know, to the national coaches conference. You just don't network the way you network in Virginia it's just a different environment um that's to say nothing of the the content which is also second to none um appreciate it so that first conference well it's true man I'm not the only one who says that so that first conference was uh was a big deal for me and uh going forward I came back to Portland and shortly thereafter my wife and I moved back to Salt Lake um where I'm from and where she's from Shortly after the birth of my, of my first son, his name is Lincoln, um, we came back to get a little family help for, with babysitting, um, and so I had a short hiatus there with uh, strength and conditioning while I was trying to find a, like a team to work with here, um, and then at the start of 2015, my, uh, one of my other mentors, his name's Frank Wintrick, got a job at BYU as the uh, head strength and conditioning coach for football when Jay Omer retired, uh, due to some health complications that had been kind of, um, plaguing him, uh, for a long time. <clears throat> and so Frank got the job at BYU and, um, he actually asked me if I would come in and help him as like a volunteer. So, uh, so Frank brought me on. Um, and I really, you know, I need to, to, to say that Frank was, uh, was above and beyond in terms of being a mentor. Most, most strength coaches, you know, they do their duty and they pass on the knowledge and the opportunity to the next um, up-and-comers, give them a chance to come in and work with the athletes. Um, but Frank really, like, he really took me under his wing, brought me on early and, uh, and let me come right down to the ground level, like, short of, um, like, you know, being at his house, you know, on the weekends. Like, he would have me in on sessions planning the training um, periodizing the programs, you know, and I was nothing like I was an FNG. <laughs> yeah. So like I, you know, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have anything. And, uh, as, as far as he's concerned, like we'd only talked on the phone a couple times, he brought me in, had me in on staff meetings, had me in on planning the training. Um, you know, letting me kind of give my input as to what I felt should, should happen with the training, which that just like, it doesn't happen for, for an intern. And so for me, it was just, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity again to see how things happen at the collegiate level and, uh, you know, in division one football at BYU. And so I worked for him for a full year for the whole 2015 season. Um, and, uh, he let, he gave me the, uh, return missionary group and really gave me free reign to like work with those guys under his guidance, which was a great experience to kind of like cut my teeth with a group of guys, and plan the training, and not that working for Mark wasn't like a teeth-cutting experience, but it's just not the same as being on a team. Right. Um, and so working for Frank was great. And in the time I was at BYU, I got to I had the opportunity to use uh, Polar's Team2 heart rate system, and kind of familiarize myself with the dynamics of using that system. We, we actually got catapult that season as well. And uh, Frank was kind enough to put me in charge of that and give me the opportunity to to work with the GPS as well. Um, so we were able to use their software, which is a huge step up from 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 Polar software. But uh, I got the I got the opportunity to work with that, and <clears throat> both those were great experiences. Um, and after the 2015 season ended, uh, Coach Wintrick with the rest of the Mendenhall staff went to Virginia. Um, and I was still at this time, I was still in school full time. So while I was working at BYU, I was driving like a hundred miles a day round trip to work at BYU and Provo and then go to class in salt Lake. Um, so that was a busy time for me, a lot of driving, um, a lot of driving, but, uh, you know, it's worth it when you get an opportunity like that, it's worth it a hundred percent. Um, and that, that, uh, Year we published, I think it was maybe it was 2014, but we were in the process of working out the bugs in the Olympian Manual, um, one of Anatoly's books, my first collaboration with him. And uh, that book was just, it's tough when you've never published a book before to like get it right the first time. And, uh, you know, I think my collaboration with Yosef, that was kind of our like crucible to forge whether or not we were going to be able to work together in the future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we made a lot of mistakes on that book. Um, and it helped us to kind of know better the process we should follow in order to improve. Um, and when the BYU, my experience at BYU ended, we published another book in this, this summer of, uh, 2016. So after they that whole BYU staff left, I kind of turned my focus to finishing my undergrad degree. Um, And finishing the the book that we had started with Anatoly, his second book with me, which is that Soviet Methods Mm -hmm. um, title. We also, uh, at the start of this year, went to San Antonio, um, like I was describing before. And Anatoly gave his first presentation uh, lecture uh, on a major stage. Not that Virginia is not a major stage, but at least for, for the NSCA. Um, I think there was like 500 people there watching him speak um, at the conference hall in San Antonio, which you wouldn't think that a guy who's competed at the Olympics and coached at the Olympics would get nervous, you know, with a bunch of like American coaches that, according to him, in some cases could stand to learn a little more. <laughs> yeah, but
0: uh, that's yeah, being nice. Are, like, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: But he was really nervous, though. Like, he was standing up there, you know, and he was getting off his notes. And um, it was just cool. It was cool to work with him because he he really wants to share what he knows. And he wants it to come across, like, clearly and in a way that coaches can apply it. And you can just tell that he cares because if he didn't care, he wouldn't get nervous. He would just get up there and, you know, just be like – just kind of say a few words and leave. But <clears> – <throat> He definitely was was stoked about that thing, and it was a cool opportunity for me mm-hmm. to get to work with him um, on that stage. And I I always learn a lot from him anytime I get to to meet him and talk to him. But uh, that conference was was pretty special. And I also at that event I got to meet one of my mentors. He doesn't know he's my mentor. At least he didn't before this. But uh, it was Tom Myszlinski, <clears throat> who's currently a, the head strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, he, back in the day when he was at Cleveland, he'd published a couple of things about his system of training. And, uh, I was introduced to those by Mark back in 2012. Um, and I just loved it. Like I have all those slideshow presentations printed out, Mm -hmm. all marked up from reading them. Um, and at that conference I got to meet, uh, Milo and it was huge. Like he actually, I got, we got done and, I was standing. I can't remember where I was at. I think I was at Landon Evans' presentation in uh, at the NSCA, and Coach Maslinski walks past me, and I'm like sitting on the chair, like trying to like look professional, you know. And I'm like, "Holy shit, it's Milo!" <laughs> and he like, yeah. <laughs> and he, gr- he grabs me. He's like, "Hey, great job on on uh, Doctor Bondarchuk's presentation," you know. And I'm like oh dude I'm like so I stand up and we get to talk for a minute and I was just like you know trying to play the humble card like oh thanks you know we try so hard and you know we're going to do better next time or whatever but I'm sure I sound like a total idiot because I was like starstruck (laughs) and so I mean it's like guys like that it's just nice you know because there are a lot of egos in the field and guys who don't want to see young guys succeed Um, and I've had my fair share of those experiences just like everyone else um, and I think it's probably a good thing cause it makes you want it more. Um, but it's always nice, you know, when someone like grabs you and kind of takes you under their wing, it just makes you appreciate that <clears throat> perspective that they offer, especially when I've been reading about him for five years, four years. <laughs> yeah. So it absolutely. was cool to meet Milo and, you know, so this year was, that was a really cool experience and getting to learn from him. And, um, I think really the, one of the major Experience uh, influences on me in my coaching experience has been um, sports technology, because working for Mark from day one, I was introduced to OmegaWave, and that was a staple, you know, in in that environment where we can control a lot of things that happen in the athlete's uh, training. Um, being able to watch it and monitor it on OmegaWave was a huge part of the system, and so. Everywhere that I worked going forward, I tried to keep that, that technology focus or component mm-hmm. there in, in my learning experience. And um, working with Catapult at BYU, I was able to, to work with uh, – I went to the Catapult Conference um, as a representative of BYU in uh, – I think it was the end of January of this year, which is kind of a trip because there's a lot of people there and I was the only guy there who was a volunteer intern you know <laughs> and so that's just I mean that's just another like shout out to, to Coach Wintrick and you know giving me my shot because you didn't have to do that um, but I, I met Danny Van Dyke who is currently the an assistant strength and conditioning coach and uh, data scientist for the Trojans for USC's football team um, he's from Australia he's a great resource um, and he, he's been a, a big influence on my career in terms of being able to separate like the myth from the fact with data and with technology, because a lot of times what you get is coaches will say, I want to know like how we can win based on what this, this uh, machine tells me, which the fact of the matter is the machine can't tell you anything. So the machine just tells you what it tells you. It tells you what some human program did to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, that's something that, Patrick Ward talks about a lot. Um, but Danny, for me, he really drove that home. Um, and he gave me some insights into how he operates with, uh, with a big, with a big football program. And, um, he was able, he's been very helpful in allowing me to bounce ideas off of him about how to apply different things. And, you know, going kind of with that, in that train of thought with data and, uh, applying sports tech, Patrick has been, Patrick Ward has been kind of a, a linchpin throughout every phase of my development as a coach Um, from the early days in, in 2012 or 2013, whenever he got there, you know, just like teaching me how to deadlift. (laughs) You have some videos of the, of the instructional sessions that are pretty gruesome. (laughs) So, but uh, you know, all the way through now where, you know, if I want to perform a regression to determine, you know, using R squared, if, some kind of metric applies to sport you know i can call him up and be like hey check out this uh this spreadsheet i made with the with the r squared equations and he'll like run through it and give me advice you know and uh so he's just a great dude you know to be to be that like uh, open to helping a young coach doesn't happen very often and i i think i i can say that i've i don't know anybody else who's been as lucky as me to like have great coaches kind of help me out along the way. And there's no way I could have done it without without all the people I've met. And, uh, you know, and one guy on that list is uh, Matt Tomey, who you know quite well. <laughs> uh, so uh, I met Matt first at Virginia um, at the Richmond Conference. And he was super cool. You know, we talked training and he was the, the head strength coach at Tech. At that point, he probably had just gotten there, right? Like, had just finished with you?
0: Probably, Yeah, I was pretty close to that, yeah. Yeah, because I think he helped organize 2013. So, yeah, I think that that was, like, his first year out.
1: Okay. And, yeah, he just is, like, for anybody who knows Matt, he's just the most humble and the nicest guy you've ever met. Um, But you would never, and he kind of comes off as unassuming, but, you you know, he's super smart, super smart, and uh, the dude just gets results. Mm -hmm. So... There's nothing you can. There's nothing you could say, you know, because he just, he just shows you that <clears throat> when it comes down to it, it's all about what you can do as a coach. You don't have to be all bravado and attitude to make champions. And so he, you know, we first met in 2013, and we've kind of had an ongoing communication through uh, through Ultimate Athlete Concepts. Um, he and Yosef and I will talk, have talked periodically about training and about books and things like that and uh, the system of training that he is using. And uh, our collaboration kind of sped up this year when I uh, – because when I was at BYU, I wasn't really training much. Mm-hmm. My powerlifting kind of took a little bit of a, a back shelf position there for a while because I was driving so much. Um, but I, I, when I wanted to get back in shape for powerlifting, started this year – I talked to Matt about using 1x20, the uh, the Yeses program that he's kind of been using with his football guys. And uh, he and I have worked pretty closely together on that this whole year. And my powerlifting results have just been ridiculous on 1x20. And uh, I compete in a non-drug tested federation, but I am a drug-free free athlete, um, which for a lot of guys would be like, oh, yeah, prove it, you know, piss test. I can do a piss test anytime and I'll pass it. Um, and one by 20 works on anyone. Like we're talking a guy cause I'm 27. I'll be 28 this coming year. Um, which is still young by a lot of standards, but I'm not like, I'm not 21. Yeah. And my powerlifting total and single ply went up like 60 pounds in six months after a year of not training using one by 20, which is just stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> And I like my number of sessions doing singles is was like less than 10 in oh, in wow. like six months of training. So wow. like wow. I'm not talking weeks. I'm talking sessions. yeah, less than 10. and uh, and that probably speaks to a couple things. number one being that I was really out of shape. <laughs> so that's you know being what it is. But the fact when people say that high reps don't lend themselves well to making maximal strength gains, there's just nothing to support that. It doesn't support that at all. And I'm a coach for a powerlifting team that I started at the University of Utah. One of my athletes last weekend set two junior national records on 1x20 in single ply equipment after doing only the 1x20 like, general prep phase. Like, there were no 8s. There were no 14s. It was just 20 with no powerlifting equipment on. So, we're talking, like, nothing even. No, no weights above 80%. Oh,
0: whoa, time out. All right, listen. I use it. I mean, a lot of people know me because of it. You're telling me that this kid didn't even put their gear on. Because there's no. no way you're squatting a 20 in gear. There's no way. Nah. This kid's not done in gear is this cat didn't have gear and you're telling me they went in a squat suit
1: and a bench shirt which is even harder. No, I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, That's crazy. I,
1: and the reason the reason is that and here's my I don't know if this can be corroborated yet by, you know, the type of experience that would uh, scientifically prove it, but my theory is that sports mastery in powerlifting um, but my theory is this, so in powerlifting, your ability to perform on the platform, especially in equipment, single ply, multiply, it directly corresponds to maintaining position, like under maximal weight, um, guys who aren't as strong as other guys who have perfect technique, they're going to be able to finish on meet day better than guys who, you know, don't practice their technical execution or whatever. Um, and what one by 20 does is it puts you in so many um, exposures to the competition lift that you can't help but build good <clears throat> proficiency in performing the lift. And especially if you've done one by 20 and if, just because you do high reps for bodybuilding or whatever doesn't mean you've done one by 20 It's a different deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get to 20, like reps 15 to 20 – at 300 plus pounds on squat and it's your third session of the week doing that weight, like by 15 you're done. Like you are feeling toast, but you still have to do five more reps. Um, and being able to finish them corresponds to keeping your technique right. And I think what it does for power is yeah, it's not maximal weight, but it's still maximal output. And I just, it just shows up like this kid, single ply puts on his equipment two weeks before the meet does like one or two sessions, you know, and he just crushes it. Hits a squat PR of like 35 pounds in his single ply um, ties his bench PR and then out deadlifts his old PR by like 20 pounds. Sets a national record in total for the juniors. Awesome. Drug free lifter, drug free lifter, guys. I mean, <clears throat> it's like, a lot I – get, I get that there's a like an ego trip about saying that your method works or whatever, even if you guys are on gear trying to cover it up. But first of all, it's not my method. <laughs> so there's one thing. Second of all, <clears throat> it's powerlifting. And no offense to powerlifters. I am a powerlifter. Nobody cares about powerlifting. <laughs> it's great. I love it. But nobody cares. Uh, otherwise, we'd be making millions. And we nobody does. So um, – You know, I'm I'm just being honest, drug-free lifter, using one by 20, um, he almost hit 100 pounds worth of PRs after never touching his equipment, just doing high reps. It works for maximal strength. It just does. So, the federation was USPA. So, if you have questions about depth or whatever, let that stand for itself. Yeah, no doubt.
0: So, that's an interesting trip from Utah to Oregon. And back, it's, um, I think that this is an interesting voyage that a lot of people are going to take a lot from. And, and I think that the moral of all of it is do the right thing, keep your mind open, and, and keep on keeping on, man. You know, And it comes back to, as Gary Vaynerchuk says all the time, you got to put in the work. And Jake, you're a cat that's done it. and I'm stoked that you're heading up to, to the UP to work with Tomy. Um, who will be on the docket for the 2017 seminar. Seats will be available soon. You there. Um, there. Yeah, man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today, bro. This is killer.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I love it.
0: Yeah, brother. We'll we'll be in touch real soon. All right, buddy?
1: All right, Jay. Take it easy, brother.
0: You too. And a huge thanks to Jake Jensen for being so open and honest with us today, you know, going through his whole background, his whole story. Again, guys, I mean, it's a unique situation. A kid who did a mission over in in the Ukraine, learned Russian, is now translating works with Ultimate Athlete Concepts, helping Yosef out there, you know, interned under Mark McLaughlin, worked, you know, under Patrick Ward, was at Portland State, was at BYU, um, and built a powerlifting team. You know, all these things before he goes in as a GA. It's really awesome stuff, guys. Uh, And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the conversation, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Subscribe on iTunes and Podomatic. Make sure you're up to date with all the podcasts. Sign up for the newsletter on CVASPS.com. Go ahead and shoot this out, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Just trying to share great information with all the great coaches out there. We appreciate everything you guys are doing for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.